0: We have to disrupt ourselves before other people disrupt us. The value is based on who you know that knows the industry and what the drivers of value are. There's
1: no playbook. The array of challenges that are coming is so different and so much more rapid fire than we've seen before in this industry.
2: Saying no to technology is not an option. Private markets thrive on disruption. The operational side of private equity strategy is all about disrupting from the inside to create value within portfolio companies.
1: And private equity owners invest in companies knowing full well that they'll encounter the unexpected. But no one could have predicted the combination of forces that came into play from 2020 onward.
2: In just over two years, operators have been faced with a devastating pandemic. The end of the longest bull run in modern market history. Unprecedented disruptions to global supply chains.
1: Geopolitical strife in what were thought to be stable regions of the world. Social upheavals of all
2: kind. And a complete
1: rethink of how to approach diversity, equity, and inclusion.
2: I'm Chase Collum.
1: And I'm Rob Kiteki.
2: And this is Disruption Matters, a five-part podcast brought to you by Private Equity International and sponsored by Alex Partners. In this series, we're exploring core issues facing private equity operators today. What has become
0: apparent over the last few years is that the cycles of disruption have become much more significant and indeed much more regular than the economic cycles that we would all be studying to try and do our business planning. And of course fiscal policy, federal agencies have done a very good job at flattening out economic cycles and of course we're just coming off the back of a mega growth cycle. But actually, the cycles of disruption have been more regular and more profound than the economic cycles for the last 20 years.
2: That was Simon Freakley, the CEO of Alex Partners, a company that works closely with private equity operating partners to help advise and execute on value creation strategies within portfolio companies.
1: Okay, so this mega growth cycle, let's put that in perspective. Sure.
2: You know, let's take a step back here for a second. For anyone who's new to economics, the economic cycle is divided into four stages. It starts with expansion, which leads to a peak. This is followed by a contraction and then by a trough from which expansion is born and so on and on it goes. Factors like gross domestic product, interest rates, employment figures and consumer sentiment are all indicators that can be used to triangulate where in the economic cycle we are at any given moment. Let's be honest,
1: though. These calculations are as much art as science and can leave a lot of the story left untold. But now back to the point. The global economy experienced its longest economic climb in recorded history from June 2009 through February 2020, when COVID 19 abruptly ended 128 months of
2: expansion. And that's a really long time. You know, the only other period of time that came close was the 120 month expansion from 1991 through 2001. So, we had this super long economic expansion, and that was followed by the shortest recession on record at just two months within April 2020 trough, and then a rapid reversal back into expansion dynamics.
1: Now we are witnessing historically high inflation, interest rate hikes, continued disruption to supply chains, and an increasingly perilous global geopolitical climate, not to mention the actual climate dishing out heat waves like hotcakes. The current expansion is fraught with risk.
2: Absolutely. And you know, with all that in mind, Alex Partners decided three years ago that it was important to study the nature of disruption. And so they created the Disruption Index. In its third iteration this year, the index polls more than 3,000 business executives in key markets and geographies.
0: And what our study found was that every single market and every single geography is suffering profound disruption. And the forces of disruption are not unexpected, they're technological, they're Demographic, they're environmental. What is interesting though, and came out of our study, is that it isn't the forces themselves that are causing the challenge for businesses, but the intersection of those forces, the intersection of disruptive forces working together, turning a rolling sea into a choppy sea, meaning that markets are getting disrupted regularly. So, how has this economic superstorm impacted the way that businesses are operating
1: and planning for the future?
0: Not even the Chinese are doing 50 year plans anymore. And so, what we've all learned through, over the last couple of years is that things happen very quickly and we have to adapt extremely quickly. So, I think COVID itself was a massive disruption, but it has acted as an accelerant to other disruptions. Now, you know, we've all learned how to do Zoom meetings and Teams meetings and what have you. We've all found ourselves buying groceries online, where before the pandemic, most people weren't buying groceries online, they were buying many other things online. But you know, there's something at a human level that's satisfying about holding a tomato before you buy it. And so we've typically done that from stores. But what the last couple of years has done is has affected some behavioural change that would have taken really much longer to have happened had we not had the sharp shock of a pandemic to live through. So having lived through the last couple of years, I think we've all made some fundamental shifts in our business lives, but also our personal lives as consumers, which have been quite instructive and we've realized that significant change can happen quickly. And so that I think is manifesting itself in terms of how businesses are recreating themselves on a much more regular basis now. People are having to defend against new entrants into their markets and in so doing recreate themselves in the process. So The pace of change has increased remarkably. And I don't see that slowing down anytime soon.
2: The latest edition of the Alex Partners Disruption Index found that 72% of surveyed CEOs are worried about losing their jobs due to disruptive forces. And 94% of executive respondents say their business models will have to change within the next three years to stay relevant.
1: In the face of these rapid changes, modern management teams are being asked to be more flexible and more agile than ever.
2: And perhaps that's one of the reasons that the private markets have grown so substantially over the past decade, while the number of companies listed on public exchanges, at least in the U.S., has declined. In the 20-year
1: period running from 1996 to 2016, the number of public companies actually dropped from 7,322 to 3,671, according to Credit Suisse.
2: Right. And, you know, of course, you know, the market cap of U.S. listed companies more than doubled in that time to over 25.3 trillion. And we've since seen the emergence of trillion dollar companies like Amazon and Apple. Uh, That was in 2018. Right. But fewer management
1: teams are opting to IPO because the venture growth and private equity route offers significant benefits with fewer regulatory
2: constraints. Not to mention that management teams and private equity-owned companies don't really have to worry about shareholder lawsuits or activist investors.
0: So I think I mean, private equity has had just a remarkable run, hasn't it? And it's been a terrific ownership mechanism to drive value for not just management teams but also investors. And I think because you know with increased regulation and scrutiny, the public company model is maybe less attractive than it was. I think private equity has become a mainstream investment model, which is becoming increasingly attractive to management teams. So I think the general landscape for private equity is a very positive one.
1: But even private equity ownership is not without risk, especially with current conditions in
0: mind. Now, of course, staring down the barrel of a recession means that the next few years could be challenging generally and of course challenging for private equity too, an inflationary environment. We may indeed be heading into economic conditions that we haven't seen for 20 or 30 years, and management teams today will not have been in management positions or maybe even in the workforce when we've last seen these conditions, and so it'll be a challenging time all around. The additional issue for private equity investors, of course, is that there's a lot of dry powder still to be put to work, and valuation multiples while they're starting to adjust are still in many industries very high. A lot of competition for those assets.
2: Risk aside, you know, there's certainly an ample amount of ready money in private equity hands. At the end of 2021, private equity companies had amassed $3.4 trillion of dry powder globally, according to Statista. Oof.
1: With so much money in hand, PE firms are eager to deploy capital provided they find meaningful strategies. So it begs the question: which value creation levers are the most impactful? And how can operating partners separate the wheat from the chaff?
0: Of course, every portfolio company will have its own specific circumstances, but the general challenges of how to manage in a higher interest rate environment, how to manage in an inflationary environment generally, how to manage through what is currently not just a tight labor market, but a very tight skills market. Because even if you can get the people, they may not have the requisite skills and how you recruit your workforce of tomorrow, today, so that you are fit for purpose as your own business model changes. These are all challenges that management teams and private equity sponsors are all having to think really quite hard about.
2: What Simon is really saying here is that while every portfolio company is unique and every management team will bring something different to the table, there are really a few core areas that every operating partner and manager needs to focus on in order to stay ahead of the curve. And we're going to be
1: taking a deep dive into four of those key areas in the upcoming episodes of this podcast series.
2: That's right. We're going to look into things like how operating partners are responding to operational and financial disruptions,
1: digitization challenges,
2: cyber risk,
1: and how P.E. is uniquely suited to prepare the workforce of today for the challenges of tomorrow.
2: I, for one, am really excited for all of the amazing insights that are yet to come around all of these issues, because we brought in some phenomenal people from across the private equity operating landscape to help us build and tell this story. We're
1: going to be hearing from operating partners from firms with a wide variety of geographical, industrial and capitalization perspectives.
2: And of course, we'll be joined along the way by senior members of the team at our partners in this series. Alex Partners, who will bring their decades of experience to bear.
1: So join us next week, wherever you listen to podcasts for the next episode of Disruption Matters.